Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. (laughs) Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! (laughs) Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership. Saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thank you so much for joining us and happy Friday, friends. Happy Friday. Uh, Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's getting me through this week is Wheel of Fortune. Because quarantine has turned me into an 80-year-old. Um, but seriously, actually, my kids started getting into Wheel of Fortune. So we decided to start watching together as a family. Um, it streams on Netflix, actually, even though it's on TV practically everywhere. Netflix started streaming Wheel of Fortune. And so we've been watching it through that. So it's been fun to watch. I honestly have not watched Wheel of Fortune in a really long time. So it was kind of fun to revisit and guess the puzzles and all that good stuff. And you know it's funny. More more um, examples of of Brian's family and and Brett's family being like the same thing. Um, so my daughter's really gotten into Celebrity Wheel of Fortune because I think Leslie Jones was on was on one episode, and she likes her from that Supermarket Sweep episode, Supermarket Sweep series. So now she's gotten into like that. So it's it's kind of funny, yeah. Um, I'm Brian Truitt. I watch movies. And uh, what's getting me through this week, though, is a book. Um, Stephen King's new novel, Later, which is um, it's, it's a hard case crime novel. So there's like there's a lot of detective stuff, but there's also supernatural stuff, too. It's about like a little boy who can see dead people and can talk to dead people and they can see him and talk to him. And for, you know, for whatever reason, when he asks them a question, when he asks like a ghost a question, they have to tell him the truth. And when his single mom and her dirty cop girlfriend find out about his abilities, they you know they take advantage of it for their own kind of like kind of nefarious reasons. It's interesting they kind of had that sixth sense vibe because of the the young kid with, you know who can see dead people and talk to dead people, but you know have that like Stephen King eeriness kind of on it because like when he talks to like somebody who blows their head off like it's very descriptive and like how realistic the violence this you know this person has you know with their you know skin hanging off and bones coming off their face and everything and the kids bothered by it and you know and uh, you know Stephen King is great at kind of like really putting the visceral picture of that in your head. Um, so it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good book if you like, especially if you like the um, kind of the crimey tour stuff, like Mr. Mercedes and the outsider that he's recently done. 
I'm glad you mentioned The Sixth Sense because I was going to ask you if the book ends with Bruce Willis finding out he was dead the whole time. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. It's not that kind of hackneyed. Um, but it's but it's interesting because it, it kind of does play off of that. Um, and it's something he accepts, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not something that we find out at the, at the last minute, you know, he except this kid accepts the fact that like, I can see dead people and talk to, talk to, talk to them. And it's something that like, as, as the book goes, he accepts it more and more as he gets older and it becomes like less of a thing. He, you know, you know, it talks about, you know, he, he mentions that he's in, co- you know, he's talking about it from like, from like college age. But he mentions like, oh yeah, I just you know, I, sometimes I see people around around the campus, but you know, I don't really say anything. Now back to my story, you know. So it's 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 interesting to kind of like take something that kind of crazy and 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 you know horrifying and just kind of make it, you know, universal and you know not uninteresting, but just kind of like it's like second nature. Oh, there you go. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, it would be awesome if you could write a quick review about the show. By doing that, you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a bonus, we give you a special shout out on the next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see moving forward. It is all upside for you. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can email us, mothershippod at usatoday.com. Let's get to the main topic. Here's a clip. I know what you are. Ah! It's okay, baby. It's okay. You have no idea how dangerous you are. You're supposed to be a myth, a being capable of spontaneous creation. Here you are, using it to make breakfast for dinner let go of my children oh yes your children vision this whole little life you've made this is chaos magic wanda and that makes you the scarlet witch that was a clip from wandavision which if you listen to this podcast sounds like it's the only thing that's airing on tv at all besides maybe wheel of fortune but it is pretty much our favorite show these days. The Marvel series recently revealed Catherine Hahn as the bad witch, Agatha Harkness, but also introduced the white vision at the end of last week's penultimate episode, the rebooted Avengers Android now under control of the shady government organization sword. It's gotten us thinking about some of our favorite Marvel villains, which over the course of many, many MCU movies, as well as various Spider-Man and X-Men flicks before that is quite a crew at this point. So today we're going to be chatting about some of our favorites. So, Brian, let's start with you. Pick one Marvel villain, your favorite. Go. I think you got to go Eric Killmonger as as your, as the favorite. Because, you know, although Thanos, you know, was the big bad for so long. And we got, the, you know, and he had the he had the most epic character arc because of how much he was in kind of like in the background kind of doing his his stuff, you know, collecting Infinity Stones. And he really didn't kind of come to the fore until the last couple of Avengers movies in terms of just kind of like a universality and all, and like an understanding of where the character comes from. It's, it's Eric Killmonger from, from Black Panther, Michael, Michael B. Jordan's, um, I don't even, call, it's, it's hard to even call him a villain, although I guess he is, he's a bad guy. Um, but you know, it's, it's, he's, he's Wakandan royalty that like, because of circumstances, 
you know, have have been denied him. I mean, he's a mercenary who who find you know finds out all this all this stuff, and and you know he wants to be the Black Panther. He wants to rule Wakanda just like T'Challa does, and you know, and you can kind of see where in and, and you know he has plans to get back at all the the white people who've marginalized his race of people, and and it's 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 really interesting kind of see his you know his plan unfold and you know obviously T'Challa um foil it in over the course of Black Panther and to kind of see you know at the end how how those two characters kind of kind of find a bond there's a really universality to it there's a truthfulness to it that's that is very kind of like of today and very timely um Michael B Jordan acts out of that role um so I I feel like that's kind of my favorite uh, excellent choice. He's probably yeah the top of all Marvel villains in all the MCU movies. I would say, but mm-hmm. um, okay, my pick. So I I I thought about the movies as part of this, but I also thought about the comics and other stuff in general. So my pick obviously was going to be related to X Men. Shocker, because I kind of like the X Men. Um, but I went with Magneto because obviously of all the X Men villains that are out there, he's probably the best of the group. But I felt like there were times too in the movies that. His personality and I think his kind of approach um, were really fascinating. I think the thing that I've always been intrigued about with Magneto is the fact that he has this close relationship with the heroes, obviously, especially Charles Xavier, and the fact that they had this bond as friends before they found themselves on opposite sides. And so I think to me, the best villain stories like Killmonger and like Magneto are the ones that kind of start with the very personal kind of connection and then it branches out and then they're at odds with each other and i think those can be interesting because with magneto and with xavier they see mutants as obviously you know mutants are being you know persecuted harassed and so they have they're on the same wavelength as far as wanting to fix this the problem is where you have xavier who wants to take a more peaceful diplomatic approach magneto is like well look we are stronger and superior we shouldn't be underneath the thumb of a human being. So, you know, let's do this by force. And so that's where all the clash comes in. But I feel like the movies for the most part have uh, done pretty well by him. Um, Sir Ian McKellen, who played him in the first trilogy of X-Men movies. Um, And I think he may have been in days of future past, if I'm not mistaken, but um, he's fantastic. Um, Obviously Fassbender, I think was really good picking up the torch there. I really liked him in first class and i think that he's going to be if if he continues on as magneto i think he's a great pick but again i i've always liked the villain stories where there's a close connection to the hero and they're kind of on that edge of you know they could have been a hero but because of circumstances and other things they went a different path and that's why they're at the path they're at and so i've always liked that kind of gray area murkiness to their story and why they became a villain and so that's why i've always really Doug Magneto. So do you favor McKellen over Fassbender? Oh man. Um, it's, t- I mean, I, I really like the first two X-Men movies. I, I mean, I lean McKellen right now just cause I thought he Those was are the best two X-Men movies. Yeah. Yeah. By a lot. First class. I, you know, <laughs> we get to that in another episode, <laughs> but um, no, the first two X-Men are great. I did like first class. I thought it was, it was better it was than good. I expected. It's a, it's a distant third. Yeah, I and I think Fassbender did a good job as Magneto, but I do think McKellen is definitely better. I think he handled that role way better, and I just him and him and um, Patrick Stewart like together just were great um, in general. Um, 
Okay, so let's get to our next wave of picks. This is focused on the underrated villains, the ones that we think maybe deserve a little more love and attention. So, Brian, what's your pick? So it's it's been interesting watching Spider-Man villains over the course of, like, three Spider-Men. There's been a couple Green Goblins, a couple Venoms. Um, we had Doc Ock, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. Um, but my favorites have been, have been the, you know, the MCU Spidey villains, like... Um, Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, he was a really interesting character, and he and it was a very interesting version of that of the comic book character in, in a very realistic sense in terms of how it dealt with like you know virtual reality and and you know what we see you know in illusions and things like that. But I got you know one of my favorite MCU villains is Michael Keaton's Vulture, um, just because he's kind of underrated because you know he's not like. It's like Thanos level or Loki level or Killmonger level, but but it's such an interesting take on, you know, the Spidey v- villains from the sixties are all just kind of like, you know, there, there's some superpowers involved, but mainly it's just some some like angry guy putting on a suit and going and robbing a bank so like he can get taken down by a teenager in a, in a suit himself. Um, but that's very much kind of what the vulture is. I mean, it's just like it's an angry dude who's pissed off at at um, Tony Stark and the government. Feel you know he feels like you know he runs a wreckage crew. He's a salvager. He's a literal vulture. And then when the government and Tony Stark kind of get in the way of of him getting his money because he's trying to sell off all the alien tech that fell in the first Avengers film, you know. He's trying to make bank because of that, and then when they get in his way, he's like, "No, this, you're not doing this to me." And he like he he turns it into like this flying, you know, that alien tech into a flying suit, and it's really interesting to kind of see him versus Peter Parker because Peter Parker is also dating his his daughter. So you know, not only do you have kind of like the cool real world vulture aspect, you have the fact of like. This is a real dude. This is a dad. You know, this is a dad with a personal life. And he's willing to do anything for his family, including a lot of bad stuff. And, you know, he's willing to kill a superhero if it means, you know, putting his family ahead of them and putting his family ahead of everything else. So I, and, and, you know, again, you know, Keaton's great and just in that role. And I, I feel like everything about Vulture pops, but I would love to see Sinister Six. With like him, resurrect Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, you know, throw in Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, maybe. I'd love to see that because I, you know, and make that like Spidey Four or something. I'd love to see that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. That actually dovetails into my pick for um, my underrated choice. So I went with Spider Man 2 because both Spider Man as well and Spider Man 2, the movie. But um, I went with Doc Ock um, because. You know, I th- I feel like now that we've had this huge run of MCU movies, I've seen a lot of maybe unnecessarily bashing of the earlier Marvel films, like they were just garbage, and they weren't. There were a couple movies in there that were actually very good. We talked about the first two X-Men movies, and then the first and second Spider-Man films were great. Loved them. There were some choices looking back that are a little weird, the whole Green Goblin thing in the first movie. But I will tell you, the one Spider-Man movie that I felt like was fantastic from that time was Spider-Man 2, and that featured Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, and he put on a fantastic performance, and I would say at the time, probably one of the better villain performances we've seen in a superhero film. But not only that, we've also seen Doc Ock done really well 
in Into the Spider-Verse, played by Katherine Hahn. So I feel like we've had two versions of Doc Ock that are just really fascinating. You know, the character itself is a scientist who has the arms that are welded to him and he can control them with his mind and stuff. And he's just a really cool character. But also there's these different layers of who that character is. Like if you remember from the movie, he was um, a famous scientist and he was working on this, I think it was a fusion experiment. And so he was using the arms to help, uh, you know, work through this experiment. And then there's an explosion and Peter is, he's mentoring Peter Parker at the time. Peter is Spider-Man goes to try to save him and destroys the experiment. And then it turns into Doc Ock. This is Spidey's fault. I'm going to go fight Spider-Man. Um, but the whole plot of that movie and also just Molina's performance is great. Um, but I really like that character a lot. And I'm really looking forward and hoping that we see another version of him, whether it is Alfred Molina or they just kind of reboot into a brand new Doc Ock at some point. But I would love to see him back on him or her back on screen again. Um, just because I think it's a fun character, really cool character. And I think there's just so much more you can do with him or her. Um, so now let's get to the stuff that these are the villains that, you know, we know about. We've seen them in various forms, but it's one that in this current state of MCU movie TV media, we're looking forward to seeing the most. So, Brian, pick a villain that you are looking forward to seeing soon. Uh, my pick is Kang. Um, although I, I I am looking forward to seeing um, the return of Baron Zemo and um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and apparently they're going to have Flag Smashers. John Walker is supposed to be a be a thing. Um, I I don't know if they're going to turn him into like a U.S. agent. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, Kang Kang is going to be played by Jonathan Majors in Ant Man Three. I really want to see what they can do with that character because that again, like Galactus and um Thanos that is one of like the major Marvel villains who who you know for 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 decades have like caused the most you know pains for Avengers they've caused the most trouble chaos and I think you know I mean I don't know how they're gonna do it but if they do like the time thing with him and really make him really make him a menace and a threat to like the world in the universe, I think that would, that could be awesome. I, you know, Jonathan Majors, I love him. He was in, he was in Lovecraft Country and the Five Bloods. Um, he's a great pick for that because I think they can do a, a more modern king. I don't know if he's going to be like kind of like in the weird comic book threads. I don't know how that's going to work, but you know, just having that character, somebody who can like alter time and alter reality in a different way than we've seen before and cause a lot more problems than we've seen before. I think I, I'm looking forward to that and seeing what, what that looks like in the MCU, because so far they've done so well in, ter in terms of turning, you know, taking those Marvel comic book villains and making them really shine on screen. So I went back and forth on the villain that I'm looking forward to seeing the most. And obviously I went to the X-Men as an obvious choice as if there's a villain there, but we already saw apocalypse get messed up and we saw some other stuff and i was like no and then it hit me the villain that i really want to see that i felt like deserves like a really good spot in some form in mcu and that's dr doom mm -hmm. um we have seen him in two i believe we have seen him in two fast fantastic four movies three if I'm not mistaken three because we had two we've had two dr dooms and three fantastic four movies yes so all of them you bad. know Exactly. They both have been garbage and it's really disappointing because I think Dr. Doom is a really fascinating character. 
he's the leader of this small country. He is super smart scientifically. He has this badass armor. He has these other powers that make him super amazing. I can't think of anything better to say about that. But I just think that that's a character that could be an anchor type for like a longer story arc within MCU. I don't think it's like a Thanos level type thing, but I think he's big enough and bad enough that he could carry some sort of really good story arc over several movies being the main villain at the core of it based on how powerful he is, how smart he is and everything that doom brings to the table. And I've already seen him get screwed over in a couple fantastic four movies now, just because they've been awful and he just, it looks ridiculous, but I definitely think there's opportunity there and we've seen what they've done with other characters making that pivot on screen that has worked really well. And I would really like to see them do right by doom at some point. For sure. I mean, that, that is the other kind of like, that him and Galactus probably are like the main, really main Marvel villains that need to find their way into the MCU. Um, you know, there's going to be a Fantastic Four movie, so I think mean, I think it's I think it's obvious that we are going to get a Doctor Doom at some point. I feel like don't wait till then. I think you could have you could have him be the big bad of Black Panther too, and have Latveria find out about you know with the fact of of Wakanda becoming you know, going public with the fact that they aren't this third world African nation, that they are like this high tech joint with vibranium minds and, you know, and they're going to play a different role on the world stage. Have Latveria, you know, have be their, their main enemy. And like Dr. Doom wants all the vibranium for himself and have it be kind of like, like a, a political type thing, you know, where the political and then the political st- stuff doesn't work, and then he like invades with like Doombots or something. Uh, I th- I think that would be a cool way to then c- to have a real world introduction to that character that makes sense, and then have him go up against the Fantastic Four in a kind of a more like traditional you know good guy you know arch enemy kind of fashion. But don't wait till Fantastic Four to just kind of like shoehorn him in. Have him play. Have him like. As a as as a full fledged member of the MCU, and then have have him almost be like the the like the audience knows him, and then going to the Fantastic Four. I think that would be an interesting tweak up on you know what we expect because we expect like a Fantastic Four movie. Oh, we meet Ben Grimm and and you know frankly you know all the rest of them, and then we get to Doctor Doom. But have Doctor Doom be like the guy first. And then we meet Fantastic Four. I think that would be cool. Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, listeners, it's your turn. Who's your favorite Marvel villain? Is Thanos your ride or die? Is it somebody else? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us directly. I'm at Brett Molina 23 I'm at Brian Truitt. Don't forget, you can email us too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Let's wrap it up here. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of the Mothership this week, Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, how about you leave us a rating or a review? Helps other people find the show, and we get some awesome feedback. If Apple Podcasts isn't your jam, you can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next week, nerds out. We are inevitable.